Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. <laughs> Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. This is a chemical. Take three audio problems. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. I'm joined, uh, as always, uh, well, not as always, by the birthday boy, Goldie. Happy birthday. A.K.A. Julia Sharp. Happy birthday, my friend. A big one. Yeah. 49. And uh, next year for my 50th, um, here's what I'm doing. I'm renting out the Greek theater, Ooh, and yes. I'm uh, performing a two-hour-long Billy Joel karaoke concert. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Can I all call I'm gonna sing? Down? No. All I'm going to sing is The Entertainer, <laughs> as sung by Billy Joel, and then I'm going to sing an hour 55 of new verses I've written myself. <laughs> Wait, sorry. I love First that joke have... of the day. First joke of the day. <laughs> there it is. I'm that. still the entertainer. <laughs> they all because it just keeps going. If I had to pay my price, uh, that that sounds later. Like... I sold my house at a profit, and I moved into a condo. <laughs> moved into a new neighborhood. It looking really nice. Uh, yeah, I like this. We can work on some new verses for that. I, I love that. Uh, and of course, we're joined as always by our lovely and talented producer, J.C. Brooks. How are you? I am well, thank you. And how's the foot? It is much better, thank you. Oh, thank God. Yes. Our listeners will be so relieved. So, yes. Now, are you, are you walking up and down stairs comfortably, hon? Yes, I'm finally, yes, it's, it's, it's easier now. I, That's good. Yes. That's good. For those of you who, <laughs> who don't know, JC lives in a uh, six-story uh, home, so it can be pretty tough if she doesn't have that ability. Um, last week, I thought we had a great episode. Uh, I re-listened to it, um, and what I loved about it was that we did such a deep dive into the uh, Beatles documentary, Get Back, which, again, yeah, if you're out time. there listening and you haven't seen that, turn us off right now and go watch it. <laughs> Download us first, but then go watch it. But there were just a couple things over the course of the week that we just we didn't get a chance to talk about it. We wanted to talk about a couple things to start this week. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I feel bad addressing the same topic twice on the podcast in different episodes. To me, that's like, you know, sometimes you ever 
poop and then 20 minutes later you take a second poop and you're like wait why did this one not catch up to the first one or why did the first one get ahead like these should be the same thing or if anything you go i ate lunch five hours after i ate breakfast like they should be spaced five hours apart but did like the first food obey the speed limit and then the second food was like screw this like what are they gonna do bust me in the alimentary canal i'm fucking gonna floor it (laughs) so like they should they should have been together but they're not so you're you're getting two poops (laughs) two poops two Two poops of kellogg's raisins (laughs) um i uh i good use of alimentary alimentary watson my dear watson that was very very well used uh yes so this is our second poop um on the beatles which doesn't sound great but um yes uh great poop great poop and by the way this is uh, appropriately for for me today goldie you'll you'll like this term today i'm playing hurt because i got the hoishy squites oh no (laughs) it was a a rough morning (laughs) a rough morning oh by the way going back to our our bit about bits that's one of our bits as we like to do that 1950s new york guy pronunciation like norm mcdonald stars in the movie doity (laughs) woik there it is that's another one of our favorites hoishy squites and doity woik a good combo Um, but yeah so to get back to uh, to get back to the Beatles, something that I wanted to, uh, and I've been rewatching it because I, that's how much I loved it. But something I wanted to bring up that I, uh, we sort of forgot to talk about last week was Billy Preston. Yeah. So yeah. Billy Preston, if you're a Beatles fan, you know who he is. If you're a big music fan, you know who he is. He's a very popular, mm-hmm. famous singer, keyboard player in his own right. Billy Preston used to be Little Richard's backup keyboard player. And the Beatles toured with Little Richard in the early 60s before they were global superstars. So Billy Preston and the Beatles were already buddies. And now one day during this Let It Be record session, Billy Preston shows up to their studio just to say hello. Sure. And Yeah. <laughs> It just yeah. happened to show up and say hello. No, I'll t- Oh, and, you know, if you happen to need a, a keyboard player, I am one. But mostly, you know, like when people are doing surgery, I like to come, hi, guys, everything cool? Or- <laughs> That's like your surgeon, Dr. Weiss, rock and roll yeah. doc. Um, but let's not let's not uh, cast aspersions okay. on uh, Billy So he Preston's comes in with knowledge. No knowledge. Maybe he just, like, heard they had that toast by the amp and he was like That's oh, right. I fancy a slice of toast uh, uh, he's not British though he's American Yeah, uh, get me that redhead with the weird body to bring some more toast <laughs> yeah. into the studio right now so anyway Billy Preston for whatever reason shows up at the studio and within five minutes the Beatles are like we need someone to play keyboard on this album because they were going to record all the tracks live they couldn't overdub them and so you know what a dream come true for any musician to be asked to sit in with the Beatles. Billy Preston instantly agrees. And within one take of each of these classic songs, uh, I've got a feeling don't let me down. Billy Preston instantly is adding great electric keyboard connective tissue that then of course, now that's the way we all know those songs. So if anyone asks who your favorite Beatle is, <laughs> Billy Preston is an acceptable answer at this point because he was that great. And and the energy in the room just went up so much. You could see the Beatles getting fired up. Billy Preston was obviously fired up. All the engineers were fired up. 
And so I wanted to give Billy Preston a shout out because he did fantastic work with the Beatles. Yeah. And I'm sure they gave him appropriate financial credit. I was thinking that uh, they, I bet I bet he made a, g- a good deal of money. I bet he still makes money off that. I hope so. Yeah, I, I hope so too. too. Yeah, well, I, I just wanted to address a couple things about the, the documentary um, quickly. The, fir- the first being that I think one of the things people are responding to, you know, because there seems to be a, a national obsession with this that yeah. has has lingered, you know, a while. And it's not just because the Beatles are this great band, all the memorable music that makes up the fabric of our lives. And then there's this newfound footage that explains their demise in a, in a more satisfying way than we had. But yeah. yep. in addition to that, I think there's this subliminal thing when I examine it that it shows life before cell phones yeah. yes, and so how great really it was that yeah. you had time to just sit around and have unfilled moments and be uncomfortable and work through that discomfort. For yeah. example, yes. when George says, see you in the clubs and he, and he leaves like yeah. leaves today, band. that would be, yeah, we should text George. You know, I'm going to yeah. text him Stanley from the office, rolling his eyes. Can you guys just hit him like, Hey bud, miss you. You coming back? You know, but instead they were forced into these meetings and they had real resolution and they were able to work through their issues. And I think, it just made me want to throw my phone into the friggin' ocean. I know. Yeah. Oh, God, I feel the same way. Although I could, I could see George coming back and saying, I wanted to leave the band, but then uh, Stanley rolling his eyes <laughs> they really brought me back in yeah. down from Liverpool. But yes. But if that were today, like Billy yeah. Preston would have had his phone in the music stand. He'd be like looking yes. at his texts as he's soloing. Like yeah. there's or just life. to see people yeah. who are not distracted. Yes. And. It made me want that life again. Like we've yeah. surrendered so much to these devices as I sit into a computer with my iPad in front of me and my phone in the other room right. that, you know, it's it's a little it's sad. I agree. Yeah. You know, every week and I, I don't know if you guys get this or I'm sure you do. I think everybody does. You get that screen time report. Oh, it's brutal. Oh, yeah. it's brutal. Like, and, and <laughs> it takes my breath away each week. Like, I'm I'm watching that guy uh, in, from the Vietnam War get assassinated in the street. I'm like, oh, oh, I really okay. spent well, like eight hours on the phone every day. <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe that maybe the Vietnam guy is not quite the right analogy. Yeah, I'll find something else. Somewhat, something. <laughs> it's There's time. something in between something, yeah. nothing and uh, that. All right, it maybe it's a little it's, more appropriate. <laughs> Maybe it's Dave Drabecki's arm snapping when he threw okay. that pitch. Yeah, that's okay. closer because he, he, he didn't die. <laughs> anyway, you're right. The cell phone shit, I want to throw it in, into the ocean. I totally uh, agree with and that. And then dive in after it to see <laughs> if anyone <laughs> texted me. Give it back. <laughs> Why is this working? I got to go to the uh, Apple store. Uh, in any case, so my, my second point, and I, I only didn't address this last week because I hadn't finished the documentary. I hadn't seen it. What an absolute botch that rooftop concert was what terrible take a failed blocked punt terrible take of, of a climax no one knew what was happening no one could see them what it resulted in was people in the street vaguely hearing some music that some people were able to discern was Beatles music that hadn't come out yet but mostly 
They just thought, oh, there's a noise. Uh, I'll stand here because it's the 60s and I don't have a phone yet. I'll wait till phones are invented. I have no agenda. But like to me, it's the ending of The Sopranos all over again. It was like, you, there's, you can't tell me you went into this hoping to just generate vague confusion <laughs> and then claim victory afterwards where it's like, we did it. Some people realized we were having a concert, not a lot. No one saw it. We did multiple takes. Our hands were freezing. I think this is why they broke up, to be honest. I think they went inside and Ringo and John and George were like, what the fuck was that, Paul? What the fuck were we doing out there? It was fucking freezing. No one knew what we were doing. We could have just recorded that in the studio. We gave a concert for four people on a roof. It sucked. I hate that take so much, but you were very funny delivering it. I cannot stand the take, but I gotta admire how you defend it. Defend what it was. It was first of all, it's it's iconic. Listen, I agree with you. And and by the way, I said this in the show last week that nobody could see that. Do you just hit the thirty second skip button whenever my voice starts on the show? Because I said that exact thing last week. That it was as you're talking, I'm thinking of ways to mentally bail you out. Like like you know, you mentioned a guy blowing his head off. I I I, I can't hear the twenty seconds after that because I'm going. How am I going to save this guy? from himself. <laughs> anyway, I pointed that out last week that it was a logistical failing that nobody could see them from the screen. Okay, but I and, and that was seen weird. it at that point. So okay. I didn't, I just thought like, oh, okay, he thinks it's a logistical failure. But like, what, what does he know? You know, like 50% of what he says is what just not accurate. And so we'll see for ourselves when we get there. And I did yeah. see for myself and yeah. it was bad. Well, anyway, I will defend dumb the Dumb and bad. A dumb <laughs> thing to do. Give a concert where people can see you. That's the first... Po- What's the point of a concert? To go, well, there's a concert somewhere in the distance. That's the reaction I'm hoping for. Is that people maybe think I'm on a roof somewhere, but they don't know where and they... And they're confused. First of all, the, the I agree with you. The people on the street, it was not a great concert. I would have asked for my money back. But a couple of things. They filmed it. So we all know the concert as like this great looking thing up on the roof because we can we can see it when we watch the film, which I think was their intention was like, we're going to make a film. So for film, it looked great for the people in the street. Not great. And by the way, to add on to a point you'd said about like they're listening to to music from the street that maybe you can tell it's the Beatles because it's new stuff. I think the Beatles might be, I can't think of another band where usually when you go to a concert and the the band says, okay, here's one off our new album. You're like, okay, time to get a beer, time to go piss, you know, (laughs) time to leave my seat. The Beatles are probably the best band in history by most metrics, but certainly if they were ever in concert and said, here are a couple songs off our new album, that's probably the best part of the concert right there. So I, I, you know, hearing new music or classics to me, that doesn't really weight it down for me. Another thing about that moment in the concert, there were different people coming onto rooftops across the way to yeah. watch them, which I found like very, which I, yeah, not many, not many. I found that very cool. So the, few. Those people were very lucky. And if I could time travel, I would be on a rooftop across the street watching that because yeah. that was awesome. But one of the people not I would saved, be the, not, the other cop, not the cop who talked a lot. I'd be the, the second cop. And I would say to the first cop, 
you might want to stop eating your hat. <laughs> I know, know their straps are yeah, right in their mouth. Now's a good time. They're recording you. Stop chewing on your hat. <laughs> I know the hat straps are right in the mouth in England. I don't know. That's talk about a design a logistical failing. Let's fix the Bobby's hat. Who straps. better to show up to the botched concert than a guy with a broken hat and no gun? Right. <laughs> Never a gun. They have whistles, not guns. So there were people on roofs, rooftops across the way. And one of the guys who came out was like a much older guy with a pipe and a bowler hat. And he's smiling and watching them. That's one of the things about the Beatles that you really pick up in the show and that I love about them is that they were the pride of England. Yeah. Like young, old people in England took great pride in the fact that the Beatles conquered America and they conquered the world. So it's like, these are our lads and we're going to take pride in them, which I think is a really cool thing that they could span the generations like that. Anyway, you didn't like the concert. I think that's insane, (laughs) but I thought it was funny the way you described that. So speaking of If I were responsible for that concert, (laughs) I would be so nervous heading back into the building that I was about to get my ass chewed out (laughs) by everyone. Get your ass beat by four scrawny, pale Brits. Oh, my God. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You know, talk about another another uh, anguish-inducing part of life is this next segment of our show that's about to come up here. <laughs> Something that is killing us faster than COVID, I'll say. Let's roll right in. To Johnny Jones. Oh, wow. So off the rails. I love it. Any variation, I love it. Um, it's a, right. this, by the way, this is like the Thursday night football short week. Short week, <laughs> short week yeah. In between writing yeah. these, so it, yeah, it, very, not a lot of time to prepare. Not a lot of time to prepare. That's our way of saying these are not great. At least I'm saying that about mine. Goldies are usually stellar. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Getting right into it. Uh, Steven Spielberg says his remake of West Side Story that comes out this weekend is updated to reflect the times. And boy, he's not kidding. In this version, the Sharks beat the Jets 41 to 6. (laughs) (laughs) Not a good football team. Okay. Now, where do I go? Okay. More from the uh, world of uh, entertainment. Uh, The TV program 911 Lone Star 
premiered its new season last week with a thrilling episode about an ice storm. Uh, yeah, apparently the Texas ice storm was so realistic. How realistic, How realistic was, was it? It? <laughs> it was so realistic that uh, halfway through, Ted Cruz turned it off and hopped an Airbus to Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> an Airbus to Cancun. Why, why did it have to be an Airbus? <laughs> because it Not sounded... Plane to Cancun. It, it, Airbus sounded slightly funnier than plane to me. <laughs> It All wasn't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll remember plain speak. Goldie appreciates plain speak. Okay, here we go. You thought that one wasn't funny. Let's launch into this one. Uh, KFC customers in uh, Washington, D.C., Dallas, and Atlanta will be testing out a new sauce called Sweet Hot Capital City this week. Yeah. And if all goes well, consumers in Cleveland, Buffalo, and Detroit will soon get their own flavor. Wet, cold, why do we live here? <laughs> I like it. All right. Wet, cold, why do we live here? All right. And the final joke uh, here today with a, a thank you to Other Johnny for the setup. Uh, a new study from the New England Journal of Medicine finds that Viagra may help prevent Alzheimer's. Yeah. Mm. And I know I speak for most men when I say I'll never forget where I was when I heard this news. <laughs> it's going to be All shopping right. Viagra. Other Johnny, yeah. please take okay. it away. Take here, the baton we, out of my bloody hand. Here we go. <clears throat> Have you heard about the metaverse? Yeah. Uh, Facebook has changed its name to Meta anticipating that everyone will soon be living in a virtual world. But bad news for me, my wife's lawyers have already invented virtual alimony. <laughs> okay. That's good. How about... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I'll take the praise. Go I, know, I was going to say, I, I love how you keep coming back to Johnny's exes. It's such a <laughs> great, great part of it. How about this crazy stock market, huh? Mm. It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. The markets are now so unstable. How, How unstable, unstable are, are they? they? And that's what they're, it's like when people are ready to do that. <laughs> well, they're they're so unstable, they're dating Pete Davidson. <laughs> okay. That's great. That's fine. It's fine. The CEO of Better.com fired 900 employees on zoom Ooh, fired them wow. 900 on zoom yeah things got especially awkward when the group had to stick around and sing for the 14 people having birthdays and now i'm also gonna attempt this story and and you know what it we should have funnier stuff on this and uh <laughs> we don't i don't know but here we go According to a new study, Viagra oh. prevents Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, Viagra prevents Alzheimer's. So if you see a 90-year-old with an erection, don't worry, that's not an old pervert. It's a senior with a bear trap mind and a story to tell. <laughs> that's great. If your erection lasts longer than four hours... Call your grandchildren and tell them about the old country. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, wrap it up. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh. uh, now, 
you, you did well with that. Yeah, you were short, yeah. shortchanging yourself. But it's, I love the bear trap thing was great. I love that. That's like that's, you, you're, you're painting a picture. It really just brings me back to those those days at Kilbourne that you'd see a story like that and you'd be like gold mine. It's like one of those things when when people say, oh, the jokes write themselves. And yeah. then you start writing jokes and you're just going like these aren't as good as they should be. <laughs> I know. And they're I not know. writing themselves. I know. <laughs> we had, we had, there was one writer on Kilborn uh, who he was kind of hacky, and and whenever there would there would always be some kind of story about Bill Clinton going to Bangladesh, and that was like his gold mine. You know, I'd always get jokes submitted that day that was like, "Oh, Bill says he does not know Ladesh." You know, it's just like well, that's he was good. just like waiting that. for anyone to go to Bangladesh so he could do that <laughs> joke. Well, today we're, we were going to do a, a, something a little a little different. You know, uh, we we always give out our or we try to give out our email address here. A typical disgustingdisplay at gmail.com by the mm-hmm. way if you ever want to send us any questions or comments we love reading we them. Do love them we read them all yeah so thank you to the people who have sent some in and today we wanted to take a look at a few of them and and maybe answer a couple questions or just get patted on the back you know that's always a nice <laughs> feeling we don't some of us don't necessarily get that at home all the time so uh we wait for this blessed one hour a week to uh Pat ourselves on the back, but yeah. So let's, JC. Have you gathered a few of these yeah. that you, you think we might might be worth looking at? Yeah, I mean there were a lot of great ones. I have to okay. say. Um, so we'll just this will be some, and we'll probably read some on another episode yeah, as well. Of course, of course. Um, but I think I would love to start with maybe the first person who sent us the email. Sure. Our very first email came from Gwen Curry. Oh, oh. I thought it was going to be me saying test. And thank you, Goldie. (laughs) Anyway, Gwen Curry, great name, by the way. Gwen Curry. She says, huge fan is the subject. I just discovered your amazingly funny podcast. I was listening to it while flying, laughing out loud as passengers glared at me. This presented an opportunity to share your podcast with them. Do you post the video recordings of the show anywhere? Keep up the hilarious conversations, GC. Thanks, Gwen. Oh, that's very nice. Well, wow. the, the short answer to the question is, sadly, no. We, the the video, uh, you know, like much like the Let It Be sessions, I think maybe in thirty years somebody's going to unearth all this video and just, <laughs> you know, it'll be a cultural timepiece for the ages. Um, but yeah, no, we we use the video basically for what we call our assets, which are the clips that we'll post on Instagram or Twitter to sort of promote. Uh, each episode, but and trust they me, get an incredible oh, so response. Much. I mean, so I have 150,000 Twitter followers, and <laughs> one of them reached 10 likes. I know Ooh, it's so pathetic. I know one of them was you, too. So. I know, right? We, and JC. Yeah, we we like repost each other, and that's yeah. most of the traction that we get on those yeah. on, on Twitter. Twitter is a Ponzi scheme, Twitter it's a Ponzi is. scheme, no one's reading it. No one's reading it. Are we sure it's not a Ponzu scheme? All right, we've already been through that. that It was the wrong country. (laughs) I remember I had the wrong country there. 
Um, yeah, but I also y- like the video because we can see each other and interact better. So it's yes, like, no, I like that. I like that. It's better for for me and Goldie. You get to look at you instead of the other way around, which must be <laughs> no. kind of depressing. Like, who all. have I surrounded myself with at this late you. stage of my you. life? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, but Gwen, I don't, the, the whole story about flying on a plane and getting others involved—they must have hated you. Like, I mean, I can't imagine sitting on a plane and saying, "Hey, listen to the podcast. I'm listening." Too. <laughs> I think they must have been like, "What? The, get this woman off the plane!" But thank you, Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Listen, <laughs> as long as your mask was pulled up over your nose, I don't have a problem. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, GC, thank you. That was yes. that was a good uh, good first email. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so then I will go to a question from Coleman Duggan. Coleman Duggan. Uh, yeah, JC, Alec, and Goldie. Hello. Hello. Um, thank you for the weekly jokes and wisdom coming out of ATDD, an abbreviation I use to save time. I'll skip ahead, but thank you. Anyways, here's this question. I'm writing to see what advice you'd have for aspiring writers who don't have a credit as they try to position themselves for writer's PA slash writer's assistant slash script coordinator senior assistant type roles. Specifically, I'm wondering if you had any tips for taking advantage of the movement that occurs during pilot and staffing seasons. Would cold outreach to showrunners and or production companies about these types of positions be useful? That's a, I mean, there are a few parts of that question. First of all, yeah. you, skipped the, you skipped the part of his email that I actually thought was quite funny, oh. where he said he uses the ATDD to save time and then went on lengthily to explain yeah. that, you know, perhaps explaining <laughs> that fact did not save as much time right. as he had hoped. And I actually skipped uh, it because it took right, up too much time. time. <laughs> but, but I thought that, so Coleman, that, that was funny. So you've already yes. shown me that you have a, a sense of humor, which is a good start. Yes. But this sort of, and Goldie, you can talk about this as well, but I feel like when we came into the business, which is now 20 years ago or more, there was a pilot season and a staffing season that was much more clearly defined. I feel like today that's kind of gone away. Like there might be the the mildest of pilot seasons and staffing seasons, but it's generally year round. So I don't think you have to get hung up on like, well, I got to get everything ready for May or like, you know, December. This is when I really got to get on people's radar. It's a constant uh, process now. So I don't think you have to worry about like, a certain time of year to strike with your material. Now, the other things that you mentioned in terms of like cold outreach to showrunners and production companies, I think that my short answer is that couldn't hurt. I don't think, you know, that will hurt you. I think it could help you in certain circumstances, but I think honestly the, the best way to go is like, listen, here we are reading your email, right, Coleman? So you've gotten on mm-hmm. our radar, and and uh, you know I'm uh, Goldie and I are have both been showrunners at different times. So now we know your name, Coleman Duggan. We, here we are saying it yeah. on our show. And if you ever reached out, to, I'm not saying don't like, please don't send us scripts based on this. But no. if you, if you, because we hate again, we hate writing. Um, so if you, but if you sent us. Like some kind of email, like, hey, I'm Coleman. I sent you guys an email at a typical disgusting display. Do you think if you had any openings in production or, you know, PA or writer's assistant, I would be interested in putting myself up for that position? You just got us, you know, you have a slight leg up now. 
And that that's really what it's all about. Like you can only try to get like a tenuous connection unless you have like a good friend who's in the business already and they can help you. Yes. But by making a connection with us, which you have done, you've given yourself a, a slight leg up in that whole game. Awesome. Goldie, what do you think? Well, there, there's a part of the email that I'm a little curious about, and it may reflect a, a way things have changed since I was trying to be an assistant, but I'm, I'm not sure, which is that if you're asking to submit for like an assistant role, should you have your scripts in order? I think you just need to be careful that when you're applying for an assistant type role, you're presenting yourself as an assistant, meaning like I am someone who is a, an incredible typist. I do 100 words a minute. I'm super uh, efficient. I'm very discreet. Because if you start showing your ambitions as a writer, mm -hmm. then people are going to say, if I hire this person as an assistant, all they're going to be doing is lobbying to be a writer. And they're going to be pitching their own stuff all the time, which I'm paying other people to pitch. And I'm paying this assistant to be an assistant. Now, everyone may not look at it that way. And I'm not even sure I look at it at no, that that's, way 100%. I, you're, you're totally right. But if you're really looking for an assistant position, you will be competing against people who will have the, the mindset of, I'm just going to be the best damn assistant out there. And sometimes, depending on your showrunner, there are people who just don't want the assistant to pitch ever. Right. And you need to be aware of that. Like, it's not it's not great to hear that, but it's true. And that you could be shooting yourself in the foot by going in too heavy on the writing part. And, I, and I'll say, I don't know that there's any showrunner who's really looking for an assistant who's this great writer. Like, because at that point, you should just be considered as a writer, which is a way better job with way better pay where you can go to the bathroom more easily. Yeah. Go get a snack. Yeah. And right. not be expected to keep typing every word. So I, I would say, you know, people always want to default back to, and then I'll be an assistant that'll get me in the room and then I'll be pitching, then I'll claw my way to writer. But you may be setting yourself up for a trap where if you're too good as an assistant, people will say like, I can't afford to lose this person as assistant. They're irreplaceable, but I can get other writers. Right. So I'm just going to go out and hire a writer. And then you're just seen as an assistant. So well, I never had that assistant job. Like I was always doing comedy at night and doing temp jobs and doing computer work. And I, I feel in a way that might have been a net win for me. You're right. And your, your point is so dead on. And I have two examples that, that speak to that. Your point of like, don't jump the gun. Like, just if you're trying to get in as, as an assistant, be the best assistant you can be. Focus on that. That's 100% right. And I'll tell you from personal experience. So I was an intern at Saturday Night Live. I was lucky enough to turn that into be becoming a writer's assistant, which means mm -hmm. I jump from yeah. not getting paid to getting paid. But once I became writer's assistant, my eyes were on the prize. Like, I wanted to be a writer on SNL. That's all I, I wanted. I was not focused on being a good or thorough assistant at that yeah. point. Where, whereas I, I think as, a, as an intern, I was just like, anything you told me to do, I'd just go do it. You know, I wasn't there to push my agenda. I was still, like, in awe of the entire place. But once I got made writer's assistant, I was like... I'm halfway home. Like, this is going to work for me. And I think that was to my detriment because I was not a good writer's assistant. I was not, like, detail-oriented. I was only thinking, like, this is my stepping stone and, and move aside, clear out an office for me. And, of course, ultimately, 
I got fired. So that is a great point that you bring up. And and the counterpoint to that, we have a writer's assistant on Family Guy uh, named Jordan Ramp currently right now. Jordan. So Jordan started as Rich Appel's assistant, and he was a very good assistant, like quiet, again, did everything, detail-oriented, all that, all smart, all that stuff. And he was promoted to writer's assistant, and he's been writer's assistant now for a couple of seasons. So just recently, he, you know, it was the first inkling I ever got that he wanted to be an actual writer, which I guess I should always assume, but I just, it had never been spoken aloud. So he sent me a script of his. It was fucking fantastic. Yeah, really it's one of the best scripts, and it was a drama script. So yeah. I think as a, a comedy one? writer. Oh, you, thank you, God. Yeah, I know. As a comedy writer, you, it's it's kind of nice to read a drama script every once in a while because you're sick of people trying to make you He's laugh. He's not but, trying to replace us. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but I, when I tell you the script he wrote, it, it instantly called to mind like No Country for Old Men or something. It was yeah. so well written. Yeah. He did such a great job. And I think he did. he's played it exactly right, where he came in, he was a great assistant, he's a great writer's assistant, he keeps his head down, he does the work. And then nice. when it's yeah. he's finally ready to show his hand, like, hey, I'd like to be a writer, he had this great script to show. So I think it's it's going to work out for him. It's just a matter of time because he's, he's still very young and, uh, and we're all kind of rooting for him. But oh, Can I interject something about yeah, what Jordan sure. did? As an assistant, he joined a group that were also assistants, um, assistants to showrunners and writer's assistants. So he had that on the side and they would write and share each other's thoughts. And he did a lot of things that he never really told people on the production because that was right. different from his job. Right. So, so he, he was always writing and always doing stuff. Quietly handling his yes. business. By the way, he might, is he replacing Jordan as the best Jordan ever? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that's that's a Goldie. You made a great point, and and I uh, hope I forget who was it. Is this still Cam? Cam who are we talking Coleman. to here? Coleman. 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 Coleman I hope you. Coleman. I hope you can absorb all that information. You can. You can remember it from now on. The the coal man dug into the earth. Ooh. I love that. Oh wow! See what I, I did? That's a. It's an old Harry Lorraine who was a yeah. magician. That's a memory trick. Is you that's, create a visual picture. Wow. Now yeah. I'll never forget Cold. That's I, I would Aww. I would just call that a minor trick. Oh. There we go. Okay. Well, yeah. you didn't remember it. So, no, because uh, like uh, excuse me, because a coal man dug into the earth. That's a minor trick. Okay. There we go. Minor, all minor. right. Let's oh. try and keep uh, up all right. here. All right. Let's <laughs> get to the next email. <laughs> <A> subtle pun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, let's do a short, a nice. This was just a nice email from well, okay. um, Emily. Sabatasso. I hope I'm saying your name mm. correctly. Sabatasso. Yes. Look at look at all y'all. It's a Sabatasso. <laughs> I'm sure I said that incorrectly, so I apologize. Um, subject: Your show is funny, and this is all just a very nice, short, brief email. You are all very funny, equally sm- <laughs> equally smart, and make Ooh, me laugh. Um, who knows how I found this podcast, but I look forward to it every week. I'm not a writer and I have no desire to be a writer or in comedy, (laughs) (laughs) but I still listen for the humor. Thank you. And thank you, Emily. Thank you, Emily. That that was so great. I mean, although Goldie should feel a little insulted that she called us all equally funny and smart, (laughs) but you know what, Emily, we'll take it. (laughs) What JC and I will take that money to the bank. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Emily. You're very wise (laughs) and perceptive. 
Um, okay, and then I will go to Chris from The Clack. Uh, mm-hmm. Podcast questions. Hey, all. Firstly, way to go on creating a genuinely interesting and hilarious podcast in the age of everybody and their brother having a podcast that they think is genuinely interesting and hilarious. You've seriously pulled it off, and it's getting me through the doldrums of this cold nor'easter bullshit. Secondly, questions. How often do you come up with an idea for a bit you think is completely original and find soon after the idea has already been done? You know what? I, I get what he's saying. It. He's <laughs> saying, like, do you come up with a something that you think is original and then you realize it's already someone's already you, <laughs> occupied the real estate and taken it up. And and he yeah. had a second question that I wanted to address as well. So <laughs> I was like, just, JC, what the hell happened there? I was like, oh my god. I, I started thinking about something else. Oh, and I, was just, like, I, I kept thinking of those old <laughs> PSAs from our youth riff reading is fundamental. What happened? Well, someone <laughs> might need to get JC a Viagra. Oh, yeah, she's starting to be a little forgetful. <laughs> I was, I was thinking, I should have just cut it. <laughs> okay, um, is this less common now versus when you were starting out? That's the first question, if you even understood the first question. Second question, do you have any funny childhood memories that revolve around the ridiculous stretch of road that is Route 1 in Saugus? <laughs> yes. I love I love I have an answer to that question that I'll save because I, I think his his first question is a, is a legitimately very good question. And this is something that I think happened all the time. Like first when you were doing stand up, you know, you'd start out and and you'd create a bit and then, you know, you'd have a bit about about birthday parties and then you'd find someone else had a bit about holiday parties and then after the the open mic, you'd go over to them and say, you know, hey, I wrote this birthday party bit four months ago. And I noticed you have that holiday party bit, which, you know, we both have that thing about streamers and I think that like right. I own it. And you would almost have this this mafioso-like conversation about dividing the territory. And no one cared about either of you because you were at an open mic. So yeah. it was ridiculous and absurd. So first of all, I, my, my blanket take is every idea has been done. And now you have Google, you have an, an, an idea instantly and you'll see everyone's it's, it's all been done. So yes. it's, it's how you do it. And that's that, that song. It's all been done. I, <laughs> okay, uh, but it, it's all been done and it, it's how you do it. And, and you can talk yourself out of ever doing anything by finding slightly or more than slightly similar things and saying, totally. I guess not. No, but I would just say, don't worry about it and the accusations will come in that you stole something and then you'll just sort of hope they go away and then yes uh, yeah. then well, and also, continue with your life and i feel like we may have talked about this uh, so. in a different episode but if you come up with an idea and you came up with it go with it you know yeah. if 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 you come up with something that you think is funny and you think is uh, original, go with it because you're not intentionally copying anyone else. There's going to be overlap. I'll give you an example. So on Twitter, and this was several years ago, I once wrote a tweet and it was some off-color tweet about like a, a girl in high school being voted the most likely to succeed, like give blowjobs. <laughs> and, and so Boy. then I got like all these kind of people weighing in like um, – What's his name? Uh, Glover. Danny Donald? The one who Childish is Gambino? Childish Gambino. He apparently had a song 
that contained a lyric that was that pun oh. that was like, you know, the most likely to succeed or something like that. And and people were just giddily coming at me about you right. stole that, you stole that. And it's like, wh- you know, what do you think? So I write 10,000. Why would you do <laughs> years of original <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah, and 10, then be like, and now I can finally get away with stealing exactly, succeed. Exactly right. Like I'm going to send out 10,000 jokes and then say like, nobody's paying attention now. I can finally do my who's on first. You know, it's like, no, I'm not waiting to do that. But also in my mind, I didn't care. Like... It, that people were coming at me, it's like, well, I know in my own mind, I I don't listen to Childish Gambino or whatever he was called back then. Yeah, he was. Um, babyish Gambino, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think just go with your your gut on that. If you think something's funny, just go with it. And, when I, when I came you. up with, yeah, with making history um, and that got bought by Fox and then there hadn't been a time travel show since Quantum Leap. And so I, I, I thought, oh, this is a good time to to get into this type of comedy because, it you know, Bill and Ted's, it's, it's all been a while. And so yeah. coincidentally, and I had no idea, NBC bought a show called Timeless, which mm. was a time travel show. Yeah, I watched and that. then Hulu came out with a show called Future Man, which was a time travel show, oh, all within all a span time. of about six months. And so then right. all these reviews were like, is there an original idea left Everyone just trying to mind. And it was like, oh, I, no. I didn't know about these other <laughs> right. two. And it had been years. And then it it just, it that's how it happens. Yeah. And they yeah. were different from yours, too. So Right. Very, but then, totally then you're, are, you're, it sounds like you're desperately flailing when you start yeah. arguing yeah. it. Like that's, I think that's my larger point is if, if you start trying to litigate it by engaging with it, yeah. you're going to look like you're covering up. Right. Yeah. Th- that would Which, protest too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now, did you have a specific memory about Route 1 and Saugus? Yes, I do. that. <laughs> because I don't know if you remember the Hilltop Steakhouse. Of course. Yeah. It's still there. I don't think it is. I think the, the sign is still there, but I'm Long not sure gone. the restaurant is still there. Long gone. <laughs> uh, but so the Hilltop Steakhouse was, it, and look, I was a child at the time, so the accuracy of this might not be dead on. But so it was this, this restaurant that was the biggest restaurant. That yes. was the whole okay. thing was it was, you know, football fields large, supposedly. <laughs> yes. um, and you would go and it was all meat. It was. Wow. But yeah. they had a store attached to the restaurant. There was a that you would just buy huge quantities of meat. And because <laughs> my dad liked to economize like once a year, the store was a giant freezer, by the way. So it would be like, <laughs> put on your packet. <laughs> and, and we'd go to Hilltop and get like. 80 pounds of meat, which we would then freeze and eat over the course of the ensuing year. So I do have that memory of going to Route 1 on Saugus on just a meat buying venture. And we, my dad drove a, uh, a, a VW Rabbit, which was oh, yeah. a very small car. So it literally was like the Flintstones car almost tipping over from the meat coming back. That's a great memory. (laughs) And we would then store and eat. Uh, I, I have no specific memory of Route 1 and Saugus, but I will just add uh, that, that Route 1 uh, is a shit show. <laughs> I, I, you, you leave Boston on the Tobin Bridge and head up Route 1, and it's an absolute shit show death trap. It's oh. like a, a very old route that they never repair. And it, I think we used to go to something called the Topsfield Fair. 
Remember that? The <laughs> mm-hmm. Topps Field Fair. It was, it was up there off of Route 1. So every time my dad would take me there, even as like an 11-year-old, I would be aghast at what <laughs> the state of Route 1. So I don't, nothing specific, but it was a shit show up there. But great yeah. email. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, this one's from Sumira Yunis. Yunis? Oh, yeah, I like her. Yeah, I love she, her. We're friends yeah, on Instagram. she reaches out a lot on Instagram. Yeah, I think yeah. she's great. I think she's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so she writes, top five is the subject. Hi, I could list a dozen things I love about the podcast and things I would like to talk to you all about at length, but I will say only this. I named my son after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and he is the most boring kid I've ever met. (laughs) I only have myself to blame. (laughs) That's great. Oh, my God. Hilarious. What a hilarious email. And by the way, I stand by my Kareem is boring, and now I'm getting more backup. The cavalry is arriving. Um, that's a very funny email, she, Sumira. She listed some um, top five ideas, so we can maybe visit those Steal later. Steal those? But yeah. We'll yeah I'm sorry. It, you know, in line with the last email, it's, you know, we did them, but we didn't. it was around the same time, and we didn't know, and we put our own spin on it. So Well, who, well let's... let's Hear her, her suggestions, and we'll okay, we'll give them maybe yeah. one a check. We'll mark. rate them live. All right, yeah. um, top five villains. Good. Yeah. Top yeah. five comebacks. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Um, top five books. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to our process. Can, can, can it be Wait. four? I've only read four. I know. Can same. We do I'm top like, four? Lord of the Rings, The yeah. Hobbit. Um, <laughs> um, top five casting mistakes. Oh, that's good. Um, that's good. Yeah, it's all. Top five foreign imports. Thinking people, but could be anything. That feels like a mind. Yeah, especially that's for broad. you guys. Um, that's broad. Let's see. Top five things you won't pay full price for in honor of Goldie's dad, R.I.P. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. sweet. Bad category, but that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, I mean, I just told the story, but like meat yeah. was one of them. <laughs> you got to save on meat. Yeah. People who buy their meat one steak at a time are uh, making a grave mistake, let me tell you. You, you got to get uh, all your meat at once for the next decade. Yeah. M- milk would be on there for my dad. <laughs> don't pay, don't pay those retail prices for milk when you could be getting it powdered. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, top five turnoffs in the opposite sex. Mm. And top five adult tasks you wish you never had to do again. Uh, Goldie, I feel like Goldie could do a one-hour special about that. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. she signed it, your biggest fan, Sumira. Aww. She's so sweet. Thank you, oh. Samira. Thank That's you a great, much. great email. Good suggestions Listen. there. I bet we'll we'll probably use one of those down yeah. the road. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I just want to give a shout out to young Kareem. <laughs> I, I know, Kareem. Just start working on that sky hook, buddy, because you ain't gonna be winning any personality contests. <laughs> okay, should we? Do we have time for more? Or do you? Yeah, okay. sure. Let's do. Let's do a couple more. Randall Ragsdale question. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So let me just interject who Randall Ragsdale is. So he he is a fan of the show. Which thank you, Randall. Hi, Randall. Randall runs the Zoom trivia game that I play in with my dad oh. every week. I, I mean, I've, I've kind of stopped, dropped off recently, but yeah. for the first year of the pandemic, yeah. I would play on a team with my dad and his friends, and Randall runs the game, and he runs it 
very well. I wow. mean, he yeah. he writes all the questions. He comes up with all the categories. There's He's uh, got an Instagram site. I think it's World's Best Trivia on oh. Instagram. So if you want to give that a follow, it's cool. he runs a very fun game, and he's he's excellent at that. I could see Goldie chomping at the beat. I, know, I, just, <laughs> I played in, in this game with you a couple times. That's right. And got such a kick out of your dad because <laughs> after every question, he'd just go, does anyone know any of those or well, who that might be? Or, and it's like, <laughs> first of all, the idea that you would go into a trivia contest and then just constantly ask your teammate, like your dad on every question, I feel like, was like, Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, boy, there's a toughie. Oh, yeah, well, that's out of my league. Uh, that's not really in my field of expertise there. Someone else should probably feel that. Like that just happened hilariously 15 times. Uh, and by the way, he admits that. He, he says every time he talks about it, he's like, I think I've gotten three questions right over the, in the course of a year. And to be fair, Randall is like a child of the 90s. So, it's a tough game, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot well. of his questions have kind of like a '90s slant. So okay. my dad yeah. is a little bit out on those. Gotcha. I feel like it, some someday your dad is just gonna scream "Bix Beaterbeck" at the right moment <laughs> and bring gl- rain glory on himself. I think That's those great. are the kinds of questions that he gets. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Les Brown and his band of renown. Um, all right, so let's hear Randall's email. Django Reinhardt. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Randall wrote, great podcast. I'm really enjoying it and laughing a lot. Since I only know Alex and John Viner casually, I think it's important you consider having me on as a guest before John. It'd only be right. My question for you is, writing is such a creative endeavor that I struggle with finding ways to discipline myself when it comes time to actually put the ideas into words. What are your processes you two use to do the work portion of creative work? There's a second. Alex, you want to take this? I know. What the hell? Did you call me Alex or did he call me Alex? Oh, I called you Alex. Oh, I didn't geez. even notice. God damn I it. didn't even notice that I Oh, God. I, I like raised my hands at that moment. I was like, what the fuck? I couldn't see the Zoom window because oh, I was reading. I didn't even notice I said that. I'm losing hilarious. it. It's, what is going on today? Maybe maybe move the bangs out of your, your other I eye. I know it's a look, oh. but there you go. <laughs> um, I, have, I have a response to this. I mean, if you yeah. want to address it first, you can go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Goldie. So I, I have two things I found helpful, and in 25 years of doing this, these are the only two things I found helpful. <laughs> so I read this book, and it was it was put out by the Writers Guild a number of years ago, and I, I think it was called like Doing the Work or something, but I'd have to double check that. And they interviewed various screenwriters about their processes, and one person said, here's what I do. A screenplay is 100 pages. If I write three pages a day for 33 days, mathematically, I will have a screenplay. It's irrefutable. There's no way you couldn't have a screenplay if 33 days in a row you write three pages. And so the times I've written a screenplay or a pilot or whatever, I say in my head, okay, pilot's 45 pages, three pages a day. And I just sit there, and if I get the three pages in 20 minutes, great, I'm done. And if it takes 15 hours, it takes 15 hours. But I would just break it down into the raw math and do it. 
Yeah. And yes. uh, a sub-method a sub of that that I found useful is people use these things called pomodoros, which are, it's named after the, the po pomodoro tomatoes, Tomato. which is, because I guess this was invented in Italy, but basically a pomodoro is a unit of time. I think it's 20 minutes. You just set an alarm for 20 minutes and you say, I'm not allowed to do anything but write in this time. And so no phone, no anything, because 20 minutes is not so intimidatingly no. long yeah. and it's not saying That's like great. i won't check my phone i won't do this you're just saying hey look 20 minutes right you do that maybe in a day you have to write like i did this the last script i wrote for family guy i think it was like every day i'd try to do you know about five to seven pomodoros um, yeah. which amounts to really three hours of writing but then most of the time i'm doing what i want which is playing guitar dicking around checking my <laughs> messages yeah right. but you will get stuff done and the it's the whole it's this is just making a building it's just laying bricks it's it's just words stacking the words into the page count yeah. and then that's, being done right that's great that's great advice. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean my my advice is way worse than that. I do not have the structured process, like even the limited structured process that you just described. I basically will get high and then <laughs> I will throw myself at my own computer for as long as I can stand it and then turn on old TV shows that I've seen a hundred times. So there's... It, it, and, and if you're not, not writing, what is your typical day like? I get high <laughs> and then I will not write and I will watch TV shows that I've seen a hundred times. So the variance there, it's subtle, but it's there. Um, but Randall, boy, thank you. Thank you for running your awesome trivia game and thank you for listening to the show. And Randall, I, I've heard you talk enough that I know that you can write something great. So just take Goldie's advice. Don't listen to mine. Don't start becoming, you know, a druggie. Um, <laughs> but uh, just take Goldie's advice. Take the Pomodoro, take the, you know, the or the three pages a day, whichever is more comfortable for you and just have at it. You've got interesting stuff to say. So just start saying it. Awesome. All right. All right well, one more. One more. Let's go to... Well, here's one thing, you know, it's not really a question, but I did want to just address what uh, this gentleman said. So this is Nick Penfield. Mm -hmm. um, he is writing about the podcast when we talked about, it was called Family Guys slash Burnout. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, I have been saving the last two episodes for my drive from Maine, where I live, to Danvers, Mass. Okay. Danvers, also on Danvers. Route 1. There you go. What a depressing drive. <laughs> I know. Yeah. How, how cold and gray do you like your drives? Oh, my God. And then he says something very nice. Absolutely hysterical. Um, I think I enjoy it so much in part because I can relate to so much of what you discuss. And here's the part where I'd love to address. It says, I would give specific positive feedback, but mm. the gap between recording and release is so long, it must be annoying to hear the feedback. I would like to address this because, you know, we started recording before we had actually signed our deal, right? That's so right. That's we, right. Mm -hmm. That's why there's like a backlog of these earlier episodes. Right, right. I, yeah, I'll be less charitable to us. So we recorded 15 <laughs> episodes before we ever posted one. And then rather than saying we should keep recording new episodes, we said, let's just take a lot of time off and then yeah. air <laughs> those it. back episodes. But then we rapidly realized like all this crap, like we're talking about Simone Biles in the Olympics <laughs> yes, and it's exactly Halloween right. and everyone's emailing us yeah. going like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Yes. And so then we decided we sort of got together and say, hey, we need to work a little harder yeah. here. <laughs> 
yes. and, and record one every week, and it's killing us, and yeah, we're doing it. It's brutal. And we're doing it. Yeah. But that's what enables us to bring you the timely Viagra Alzheimer's stories. <laughs> right. yes. we're, now, we're now fully on track, and we get it. Right. And this but guy, JC works the hardest of any of us. Yeah, of so course. It's, it's been hardest on her, so I, you know, the praise goes to her for getting this out on time now. But that gap should I not be here that. anymore. Yeah, exactly. It should not. So, and, and what, is his name Nate Penfield, or Nick. was it? Nick. Nick Penfield. Okay, because yes. I think... Wait, I don't... I, there is a part two to this. Okay, let's hear. Alec, I have yes. told Penn Lindsay to yes. listen, and he claims he will start this week. Don't think I'll have as much luck with Abby Alexander, but oh. we'll see. Okay, so, Hope all right, this, well. is, this is interesting. So, I knew when you said his name that it, it rang a bell. So, this guy, uh, Nick is friends with one of my friends from elementary school, uh, a young lad named Penn Lindsay, which Penn. is, can you get a waspier name? Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> but Penn Lindsay was always a really good guy. I mean, we were friends when we were in like, you know, fifth, sixth grade. So I have no awesome. idea what his life is like now. But I, I did enjoy him very much as a comrade at our all boys elementary school. And Abby Alexander is a couple of years younger than we are, and she went to my high school. So I knew her in high school, oh. and uh, not to kiss and tell, but I think we kissed. <laughs> I just, think just I, said, I kissed think. Abby Alexander. <laughs> and you like, don't know, you though. know, if, if I, no, if I were just coming out of high school, I could have told you definitely, right, like, okay. yes, here are the three people I've ever kissed in my life. <laughs> But now I'm way up at like yeah. nine or ten, yeah. so who can remember all that? But Abby Alexander was incredibly sweet, incredibly kind, like a really great person. Um, and nice. I just remember her just being a, a very, very nice and, and lovely person at, in high school. So thank you, Nick, for that that uh, stroll down amnesia lane. Got to start taking more Viagra so I can An remember excuse. these things. My uh, my first kiss was after the movie Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> 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 it just was like so disturbing that then I was like, this is, you know, because obviously I'd been plotting it, not just that night, but like leading up to, well, I'm going to take her to Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and back then it was harder to know what a movie was going to be about, <laughs> right? Because you might have seen a trailer in the theater, but you yeah. might not. And you might have seen a commercial, but, you, you know, you certainly were watching online. So you just kind of go, it was just like not the right chemistry. It was just yeah. this kind of like dry lipped kiss in the front seat of a 1981 <laughs> Mercury Browman. Uh, what is that? Is that even a real thing? Yeah, the it was Browman. a car that, that my dad found this car, you know, in some New England classifieds. He would only buy used cars. And he's he, he's like, I found this car. It's a 1981 Mercury Browman. The owner still had plastic cover, <laughs> plastic covers on the seats. It's a cream puff, Johnny, I tell you. It's a cream puff. You would always say that when it came up. So that became my car was this. The cream puff. This, this 1981 cream puff with plastic covers oh on the seats. God. That's great. That's great. Well, those, you know what? Those are great emails. Yeah. And again, thank yeah, you guys thank you. so much. For listening, for caring enough to write an email, again, our, our email address is a typical disgusting display at gmail.com if you want to send us any comments or questions, and we will do this periodically when we can't think of another theme. So <laughs> I appreciate you guys writing that in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now let's get to the section of our show that we like to call Top 5. Top 5! Oh, by far the best thing we've ever done is singing that top five. And JC, thank you again for putting that together and making us sound like we know what we're doing. I mean, screw great. the Beatles. Yeah. Let's Inspired let's sing top me. five on a rooftop where no one can see us and then see what happens down in the street. So our, our topic today, which Goldie suggested, I thought it was a great suggestion, is top five sequels. Always fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, let let me go first because I feel like mine are kind of traditional. It's like if you've ever thought about this subject, I think a lot of the ones mm-hmm. that I'm going to say will will ring true with you. So let me let me start. I'll start with number five, which is aliens, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I feel yes. like that's oft discussed. But boy, I think that came out in 1986. What a great time in all of our lives. I think we were all like 13 or whatever. And that movie was so kick-ass. Like, what an action-packed, awesome thrill ride that movie was. And let's just say it, to have such a kick-ass female lead back in the middle of the 80s, it was like a novel thing back then. I should have tried to make out in the Browman after that. (laughs) I know. What was I doing? She would have been on fire after that movie. (laughs) She would have felt so empowered. Yes. Um, but that is it's and it's it's worth noting James Cameron directed that yeah. I believe Ridley Scott directed the first Alien, and it went right to James Cameron who did Aliens, and you can see a lot of the Big James difference. Cameron touches yeah. in this early uh, film of his. I I just loved it. Okay, so that's five. Number four and Goldie, I, I have a suspicion this might be on your list. It's certainly on mine. Never laughed harder in a movie theater than I did at Jackass 2. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, I blind spot. I didn't do it, but uh, it's a great one. I think I I, I can't remember ever. I think Wedding Crashers, I laughed very hard in the theater. Jackass 2, I think, was consistently the hardest I've ever laughed. Very funny. (laughs) Totally worth seeing. Um, Number three for me, again, this is duh, but uh, The Dark Knight. Yes. Amazing. Christian Bale is like uh, the sort of sexy Daniel Day-Lewis in that he's like a great actor, but is also also can be this action movie star. Yeah. Uh, I love his Batman. I love Christopher Nolan in general. Yeah, I think same. what he did with the Batman franchise was fantastic. And then, of course, you know, Heath Ledger is the Joker. Who would ever have thought in our lifetime that you could have a serious debate about who was the best Joker. Joker. You have Jack you Nicholson. Well, you can't. It's Heath Ledger. Like, there's no yeah. debate. Wa- the, the, Joaquin. I, I mean, the, even the Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix one is no. That's terrible. Because no, it's not. The whole it thing wasn't. about the Joker, like you just, the Joker is just this kind of like, like gratuitously evil 
dude who does it for pleasure. And then all of a sudden it's like, guys, the Joker lives in a bad apartment. The Joker can't get his meds. The Joker really takes a lot of shit at his job, guys. Joker doesn't have nice clothes. Girls don't like the Joker that much. Like, I don't want to know any of the Joker's friggin' problems and backstory. Just show me the Joker. All right, well, uh, the Academy disagreed with you there because they gave him best actor. But they, also, right. gave, they also gave Heath Ledger yeah. best supporting actor. And, and I, I think... I think I agree with you. I think Heath Ledger ultimately yes. was the best. But the fact that you have Jack Nicholson in that yeah. conversation and we haven't even mentioned him and he was great and that was fun. Anyway, so Dark Knight, number three. Yes. Number two, and uh, boy, I, I, as Danny Smith might say, I'm starting to... Uh, yeah, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. That's right, Danny. <laughs> I do, Danny Smith. Thank you. Toy Story 3. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Was I a puddle at the end of Toy Story? I think my mom may have had to carry me out of Toy Story 3. I was so wrecked by the end of that movie. And when, oh, spoiler alert, when when Andy brings all his toys to give away at the end. Oh, I'm, I'm getting choked I've up. I've never just seen Get, Toy Can Story. I tell you something? Yeah. I don't like Andy. <laughs> I know who Andy is. That is annoying. <laughs> I, I just don't like that's the weak link in the whole thing. Is that it's like we're all fighting for Andy's oh, approval. It's like Andy's a piece of shit. <laughs> How do you know that? Andy seemed Fuck like a Andy. good guy to me. <laughs> no. Andy. And I, what I really like is this trend, and you'd see it a lot on Instagram. Like when people pass out at frat house parties, like people will write the name Andy on the bottom of their shoe, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> funny. Very funny. I uh, think anyway. So, it, but I mean, the true thing about those movies is we're all trying to please some boss who's just like vaguely aware of us. Yes. Oh, uh, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get there for Andy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Toy Story 3 is my number two. And number one, probably the most obvious answer in the whole list is Godfather 2. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, you know, Godfather 1 and 2 to me are exactly the same in quality. Uh, it's awesome. I don't think there's anything to say about it that hasn't already been said, but there's my list and uh, I, I stand by it. stand by it. Good list. Uh, who's right. next? Who's list. next? Um, I'll go. Is that yeah, all right? Go. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so number five is... Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, I know Goldie's not quite the dork. I haven't out seen. That we are I just haven't that. seen them. So yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I haven't even seen the Toy Story movies. So I oh boy, I, I know we got a lot of catching up to do. But yeah, uh, Two Towers is great. The Riders of Rohan and and yes. and Legolas surfing yes. the, the shield down and hitting people <laughs> with the arrows. Awesome. The Battle of Helm's Deep. Great. Yes. Okay. Uh, number four, The Dark Knight. There you go. Um, Love it. Number three is Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. That's, it's, a, it's a good sequel. I thought about it. I, you know what it is? I feel like I'm in the minority on this where I like the first Terminator so much more than Terminator 2. I know I recognize that Terminator 2 is an incredibly successful sequel and that it is yeah, good. it's good. Uh, and again, Terminator James 1. Cameron. Yes. But you know what ruins Terminator 2 for me? I'm just going to give you one little sign here. Oh, no, you're going to ruin it here. for me. <laughs> this. Oh. This. The very end of Terminator 2 when Schwarzenegger's being lowered into the lava, <laughs> sacrificing himself. He give, The last thing he does is a Goldie, like Mike, uh, you know, being carried <laughs> off the field. He gives the Poor thumbs Mike. up. <laughs> if he had given the thumbs down, yes. I'm, it might have been on my list. <laughs> One of my my original stand up bits was about the Terminator and that 
I didn't find the movies believable because if the Terminator was from the future, it would spend a lot more time marveling at how much lower prices were in the present. Like, be like, the, the, these apples are only 80 cents and future apples are like $4. <laughs> That's a good Arnold. I love that. That's just an Arnold That's impression great. vehicle, that joke, but I yeah. like it. Oh, that's great. very funny. Yeah. All right, um, what else you got? Okay, Casey? number two was Aliens. There you go. Yeah, Kick and ass. then um, maybe amongst the three of us, this is the hot take, um, and this is like hands down by far for me. Shout out to Brian McElhaney and Sam Pasternak, Paddington Two. Oh, I hear people love that. It is incredible. Hear... Watch it with your kids. Yeah, I know Levy watched it, uh, but I didn't see it. I, but I've heard it's great. I've heard I liked it's great. one better because it had that hilarious bathroom scene. But that's just me. <laughs> like that thing that was in the trailer that was unbelievable. But uh, I, I think that's a good list. All right, JC, Thank good you. list. Appreciate good list. It. Controversial number one, but yes. we like that. I, I have like two controversial ones at the beginning and the end, and then it's all it's all meatloaf. Uh, number five is Rocky Three. Oh, uh, you're right. Because I just I found think. the first Rocky, like, there's some weirdness about it. Like, you're like, is Adrian okay? Or is she like, <laughs> right. does she need it, help? She yeah. should does not she... have a boyfriend, right. maybe. Yeah. Like, right, is, right, right. does she know what she's doing, yeah. really? And then also, it's like, you know, this is the toughest neighborhood in Philly. There's an acapella group on the corner at all hours. <laughs> yeah, like, they did a family guy bit on this. Yeah. Take it back. <laughs> right? Didn't yeah. they do a family guy bit on that? Yeah, they did. Um, they did trash but, can fires. Yeah. Anyway, so oh, but, I prefer but, but three. Rocky three, by the way, before we yeah. get away from it, I think maybe the best song in a movie from the eighties oh. is "Eye of the Tiger." Oh, like, that's I, from I, three. Yeah. I didn't. "Eye of the Tiger" that. is yeah. such a great song, and boy, it starts that movie out with such a charge. Yeah. And Mr. T was a revelation at the time. He was a great villain yeah. for Rocky. I, for me, that song will always be linked to. There was a rec center in my town where I used to get dropped off for four hours, and they had like a weight room and a <laughs> and a swimming pool and a basketball gym. I would go mostly to play basketball, but. I I watched as Eye of the Tiger was blasting a sixth grader who was shirtless, bench ninety five pounds. <laughs> a total. I, I can like, see Whoa. it clearly. <laughs> anyway, that was the eighties. Oh, very eighties. Um, number four, Godfather two. You get yep. it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number three. I I mean, this might just be a specific one that I remember, but Twenty Two Jump Street was hilarious. Oh, when they I went to college. Yep. Oh, and like the that. scenes with Ice Cube at the brunch and when they're in the big football helmet. Um, Very I, I like both those movies, but awesome. I thought 22 Jump Street was hilarious. Uh, number two, Dark Knight. Um, I yes. thought yep. I was going to be slightly original having that, but no. And number one here, <laughs> this is my curveball. This is my curveball. Let's hear it. No one even mentioned it. Before Sunset. <laughs> Oh, get out of here. I've never seen it. Those movies are great. Oh, my God. Those movies are incredible. I liked Before Sunrise and I liked Before Sunset. But I think And then Before Midnight, where you get to the life cycle of this relationship. Should I watch these movies? I think it's insane that you you just put that above Godfather 2. But you know what? That's why we do it. It's lively debate. And and I did did like those movies. So I can't say anything bad about them. All right. But, you know, pretending that one of us has to be at Outline Notes in four minutes. um, Let's get to our final portion of the show where we end on a high note. La, 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 la. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tom Gamble. For singing that holiday version, <laughs> that holiday remix of your high note. Oh, that's so great. 
Um, all right. Well, uh, let me just get this out of the way first. And this is, it's kind of a weird one, but Goldie, you give me shit for like outsourcing my high notes. So this one is like a, a more personal. So yeah. this past weekend, and we didn't talk about it at the beginning of the show, like we were going to, I, I was in LA. Yeah. Uh, I came back for a, a holiday party that my wife hosts that I, I thought we had left behind when I moved <laughs> to the East Coast. But no, it brought us back. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Um, had a nice dinner with Goldie, who laughed very hard when a waiter bumped into my chair. Um, <laughs> harder than he's laughed at anything I've said in like a decade. So that was, that was a fun moment for us. Um, but the, my high note is this. I came back to L.A. It was really nice, you know, seeing friends, seeing Goldie, seeing uh, other friends at this party. That was great. The weather in L.A. was awful. The air quality was terrible. There are now roving gangs in the street. There are Mad Max car revs at every stoplight. All the storefronts are boarded up. L.A. is now New York of the 70s is my my hot take. So my high note is... I, for once, feel very validated about moving back here to Cape Cod, which I love. So I'm, I was very happy to have that decision like right. reinforced for me that I felt like, did I make the right move? Da, 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 da. And then based on this weekend, I felt like, yes, this is not where I want to be. I don't want to be in L.A. right now. I really enjoy being here next to the water. Really appreciate yeah. that your high note is calling our hometown a shithole. <laughs> yep, that's basically the upshot. <laughs> All right, someone else, get in there on the high note. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go. My super quick. This weekend, I'm showing it off, but this is I had my first haircut since 2019. I have been cutting my own hair for the past two years, uh-huh. and I decided to do a little self-care, and uh, I went and got a haircut, and it just... Your hair looks terrific, haircut. by well, the way. Your you hair so looks much. great. Yeah, you keep brushing nice. it out of your like, face, but it looks... Let us see your face. Let us see your face. Must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> oh, sorry, Goldie. <laughs> wow, what a, what a shot at Goldie. <laughs> I live in a shithole, and I'm bald. I get it. Uh, okay, but thanks for your high notes. Um, I, my high note, I just want to make a, a recommendation of a, a podcast that I'm loving, which, uh, you know, we're both football fans. I, JC, you're more into tennis, I know. In basketball, a little bit, but yeah. Alec and I are football fans. So there's this podcast called The GM Shuffle. My buddy Mike Lombardi, who used to be the GM of the Cleveland Browns and, oh, and wow. has worked a lifetime in football. And he has a co-host, Adnan Verk. These guys are on fire talking about football. And it's, it's, it's both the minutia that makes you understand the game like, so you're not just watching the yeah. ball, but he has some incredible insights into how the organizations are actually run. But he th- this week, he had such a hilarious take because Mike is is deaf in one ear. And he was talking about he's like, you know, I can't hear in one ear. I've lost I've got 75 percent hearing in in the other ear. And then I was watching the Jets game this weekend and I've never been so glad to be deaf. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he was also talking about the Giants and going off on on how an organization would come to the point where Mike Glennon would end up starting a game for him. And anyway, you got to check this podcast out if you like football or you, you know, even like funny takes on football because it's, I've learned so much from it. And I hit us with the name again. uh, It's called the GM shuffle because Mike used to be a general manager GM, but I, I became friends with him because I had this idea that the Patriots should sign five sumo wrestlers and create yeah. a sumo line and i they really wanted to, that he worked for the patriots and i was like wanted to talk to him and eventually i was able to and, and just say like imagine the excitement you're on the two 
five 500 pound Japanese guys come in the game with, with really long names. They're wearing huge jerseys. The crowd gets up. The announcer says, they're getting the sumo line in. And then you just hide a running back behind five sumo wrestlers. He got a kick out of it. I they didn't do it. it. But, I love it. Um, I, I just wanted to recommend their podcast because I'm, I'm loving it and it's making watching football so much better for me. Thank That's you. That's a great recommendation. I will listen. Um, and I want to thank all of you out there for listening to us for another week. We appreciate it. Thank you two for being awesome. Thank you. And we will talk to you next week. Right now. I'm still the entertainer. Time to pay my price. price. price.